Hey, it's Andy. Welcome or welcome back to the Woodstock City Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to download the Woodstock City Church app where you can access all of our recent message content as well as find out about what's going on around Woodstock City Church. And the app is the easiest way to share this content with a friend. But most importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Hi. So before we go any further, and because I don't know when you'll be watching this, I thought it was just best to begin by wishing you a good morning, afternoon, and evening. My name's Elaine, and I hope you're enjoying this kickoff weekend to the summer. And whether you're watching this from your home or the lake or the beach, wherever you are, thanks so much for tuning in. You know, we talk about summertime, you know, the kickoff to summer, and it is. And for me, growing up, the beginning of summer always was synonymous with the end of the school year, which for me and my brother and sister meant getting to spend more time with my dad. He worked a shift from 4 p.m. to midnight all of my life. So during the school year, we rarely saw my dad. No school meant that we kids could sleep all day, and then we literally would be up with him when he got home and stay up with him all night long. We loved it. We lived like vampires all summer long. I do not know how mom survived us kids over the summer. But for us, summer meant the total abandonment of routine and and all the rules, like having to do homework when you get home from school or having to go to bed and get up at certain times. For us, it was glorious freedom. We loved it. And while you probably aren't spending your summer living like a vampire, I bet you would agree with me though that summer still tends to have a different rhythm than the rest of the year. There's lots of reasons for it. I mean, we have longer days, later nights, and warmer days, and there's so many more opportunities to participate in activities and socialize than really any other time of the year. There's also vacation and travel happens then. And maybe you're going with a group of friends this year to a place you've never been before, or you're the person that goes to the same place, same house with the same group of people over the same week every single year. Either way, we both know that vacations and travel kind of goes up in the summer. And part of the reason for that is our kids are not in school. And if you don't, and if you know, kids not being in school kind of tends to add this added element of like chaos. Ooh, did I say I didn't mean chaos. What I meant was an added element of fun. Yes, fun. That's what kids add to the equation. Or, you know, if you're like me, you really love the fact that summer means the traffic is lighter. And if you've ever logged any time on Highway 20 where they're trying to expand it, oh my gosh, you know how exciting it is to think about the traffic being lighter. But here's the thing. Summer's just a different experience. And if you like it or not, we all know that in eight weeks we're going to go back to normal, where our schedules and our routines are set according to the school calendar. Even if you don't have kids or your kids are grown, you know that patterns are established by the school system, and all of us are affected by it. I mean, who hasn't had their day delayed by getting stuck behind a school bus? And I don't know about you, but when there's a change up to my normal routine, some of my good habits and my routines kind of slide by the wayside. It's kind of like when I'm on vacation. I don't know if you have vacation mode. I have vacation mode. On vacation mode, I don't set my alarm. I don't work out. I let myself eat whatever I want to. I'm just not as intentional, which is fine for a week or two here or there. And let's be honest, there are some habits like getting your you know, reward every day in Candy Crush that it can just fall by the wayside. It's just not that big a deal. At least that's what my therapist tells me. But there's other habits like 
the things that I do to grow in my relationship with God, that if they fall off the radar, I just don't do as well. So I would love to take a few minutes to just share something with you that I'm learning that I think is gonna really help me to stay on track this summer. And I hope it'll be helpful for you. So I'm reading this book and it's called God in My Everything. I know, the title's a little bit overwhelming. I mean, maybe the thought of God being all in your everything feels like just a little too much God, which I totally get. But hey, you're here today, and maybe it's because like me, you wanna grow in your relationship with God, or you wanna know more about God, or you're at least curious. Maybe you're here because you've started coming to church, and so you're watching because, well, it's become a part of your Sunday routine. Whatever the reason, I am so glad that you're here. No matter how little or how much of God you want in your life, he will meet you where you are. So back to the book. The author writes about this 10-day trip that he takes to Ireland. He lives in a monastery, and he's kind of doing life around the monks, and he's observing how they lived. And he's noticing that everything about their day was ordered around, focusing on God from the time they woke up until the time they went to bed. We're talking like 24-7. We're talking like Navy SEALs level, dedication and commitment. I mean, they even had bells that would cue them on the hour, telling them that it's time to pray. And you know what? They actually stopped and prayed. No matter what else they had going on, they would stop, pause, and pray. And the author's like, you know what? They actually enjoyed doing that. It's crazy, right? Now, they had lots of other habits that they would do. Prayer is just the one that comes to mind for me because it's something that I want to be more consistent about in my life. And it just doesn't come naturally to me. I try and I get distracted or I fall asleep or I don't always know what to say. Sometimes it feels a little weird. And if I'm honest, I don't always feel like it sometimes. And I'm a pastor. But for these monks, their lives centered around this thing called a rule of life. Now, what's that? You're right. You're like, Elaine, what's that? What's a rule of life? Well, I'm going to tell you. A rule of life is the ordering of one's life around a set of practices or habits that over time increase one's capacity to experience and enjoy God in every area of life. Maybe I should say that again. A rule of life is just the ordering of one's life around a series of practices or habits that over time increase one's capacity to both experience and enjoy God in every area of life. So now there's two things I just said that some of you are probably reacting to. The first was when I said the phrase rule of life. Yeah, some of you hear the word rule and, and just within you it's like, yeah, no, no. And it's not because you don't know what the word rule means. You just hear it as suggestion or an option that I can take amongst other options. And if it's a really good suggestion, then I'll do it. So if that's you, okay, fine, I understand. I'm married to a guy like that. So here's how I want you to hear it. When I'm talking throughout the rest of this, just hear it instead of as a rule. How about a really, really good suggestion for your life? Okay, fair enough. All right, number two, the other thing that I said was when I said the phrase that it's possible to both experience and enjoy God. You're like, enjoy God? Like, enjoy God? Like, for you, that's an oxymoron. They're just two words that don't really seem to go together. You know, whatever your history is with God or church or other Christians that you've known, maybe for you, your experiences of God have really been anything but enjoyable. I get that. But hang on before you stop watching. Let me just ask you a couple of questions, okay? What if it really is possible to experience a relationship with God and it be enjoyable? 
What if there were things that we could do on purpose, on a regular basis, with God that over time resulted in consistently enjoying things like contentment and joy and patience and peace? What if it was possible to order your life around God and it actually results in a better version of you? You know, that version that you may have tried other ways of of doing and becoming, but it just never really worked. And what if I told you that you don't even have to have God all in your everything to at least get something out of giving this a try? Okay, no more questions, all right? I'm going to keep going. So here's something else I learned. So this word rule or suggestion for those of you, this word actually comes from the Greek word for trellis. Now, most of us know what a trellis is, but just to define our terms, a trellis is a support system for a vine that enables it to grow upward and bear the weight of the fruit. I have a garden, and I am learning firsthand how important the trellis is to helping the fruit actually end up the way it's supposed to end up. We want it beautiful and fragrant and delicious. We don't want ugly, smelly, and rotten fruit. I mean, have you ever grabbed a piece of fruit that's rotten? First of all, it's brown and it's soft and squishy and kind of has those bugs that fly all around it. It's kind of disgusting. I mean, nobody chooses rotten fruit. We all want good fruit. In the same way, a rule of life, like a trellis, supports us in our becoming more like Jesus. You know, Jesus actually lived in a culture where gardens were essential to life. People in that day easily understood how important a trellis was to the quality and success of a vine's fruit. Here's another thing. If you're a follower of Christ, one of the great things is that God assumes primary responsibility for your spiritual growth, which is really great because if it were completely on us, it would be a disaster, a total disaster. But God also isn't into like little robots. I mean, he likes a relationship. And so he invites us to participate in the process of becoming like Christ in the process of spiritual growth. This idea of establishing habits and and things that like a trellis would support and help us in our becoming more like Jesus so that our lives actually produce good fruit. You know, when I think about this process of spiritual growth or, you know, the process of becoming like Jesus, I think of my daughter, Kat, when she was very little. She didn't just want to be like me. She wanted to be me. This child imitated everything that I did. Wherever I went, she went. Whatever I did, she would try to do. Her favorite place was to to sleep on me, not next to me, but literally sleep on top of me, face to face, all in my breathing space, right? She would tell people that she had blue eyes and was left-handed. She was not, and she knew she wasn't. But her desire, her desire to identify with me trumped her reality. It never occurred to Kat not to be wherever I was or doing whatever I was doing because she so loved and enjoyed being with me. And just like those monks with God, Kat had ordered her life in such a way as to maximize her capacity to experience and enjoy a relationship with me in every area of her little life. Now, I'm an imperfect mom. I was imperfect then, I am imperfect now. But I had captivated the heart of my daughter for a wonderful season of her life. And unlike me, God is a perfect heavenly father and he loves you right where you are, just as you are. And his great desire is to have a growing, thriving relationship with you. And maybe you want that too, but you're like, Elaine, 
even if I wanted it, I don't even know what that would look like. I don't even know where I would start. And I've found it to be really, really helpful when you don't know where to begin in a relationship with God to just start with Jesus. Just watch him. He said, if you want to know what God is like, pay attention to me. Watch what I do. Listen to what I say. Pay attention to where I go, how I make decisions, how I spend my time. And maybe, maybe the most important thing we can learn from Jesus and watching his life and a place to begin is studying how he loved. We know without a doubt that Jesus ordered the entirety of his life around his relationship with his father. In fact, he said he only does the, same, the things he already sees his father doing. And Jesus experienced the closest relationship with God possible. Now, he may not have called it a rule of life, but let's be clear, nobody enjoyed life with God more than Jesus did. And you know what else is really cool? Jesus prayed that we would experience the same kind of relationship with God that he had. Think about that for a moment. Now, we've kind of spent some time talking about the fact that God makes this kind of life not only available to us, but for us. And he says, you know, either way, fruit's going to happen. You can either make it bad fruit or good fruit. And the choice is up to us. We can have fruit on the trellis, which is delicious, or fruit on the ground, which is disgusting, right? And don't we all want good fruit? I mean, don't we all know the pain of what it's been like to experience bad fruit? Maybe it's the bruising of an unwise relationship that we just wouldn't leave, or the rottenness of a ruined reputation, or maybe it's the stench of regret. You know the difference between the two? The difference is the good fruit had a support system. So practically speaking, what do we do, right? You're like, oh, Elaine, I think what I'm, I'm hearing you say is you want me to quit my job, ignore my kids, join a monastery, and pray all day. No, no, I'm not saying do that. That's probably not even realistic, right? What I am suggesting, though, is maybe if we dialed it down a couple notches and all of us just chose one rule that we could be intentional about this summer, and maybe by the end of the summer, we can ask ourselves the question, what could be different, right? Maybe what could be better if we just tried one thing? So we're all gonna pick one thing and here I'll go first, all right? I want to be able to learn to enjoy God more in my life. So at the end of every day, I'm gonna ask myself two questions. The first one, where did I feel the most connected to God? And the second one, where did I feel the least connected to God? I think those two questions are going to help me start paying more attention to those things that help me enjoy God and the things that don't. So that's what I'm gonna do. You may decide you want to start reading scripture every single day, maybe five minutes of scripture, which is great. And if you don't know where to start with that, can I just suggest YouVersion has an amazing, it's an amazing app that has lots of Bible plans on there, and you can actually pull up scripture right there on your phone. So maybe you want to do that. Maybe some of you are going to start your day with prayer, right? You're going to invite God into your schedule and ask him to guide you and give you wisdom for whatever lies ahead. And if starting your day by talking to God is not a good idea because you are not coherent that early in the morning, just do it on your drive time. I mean, the goal is not when you do it. The goal is just the doing of it. And maybe you're not quite ready for this whole God in your everything because you're trying to figure out what it would even look like to have God in your anything. 
and you want some suggestions on, on where to start, can I just encourage you by considering a couple of things, okay? Come join us on a Sunday. I mean, we won't bother you, but we are here for you. And, you know, if you're ready for like, hey, I'm already coming on Sunday, and maybe a, another step, I, I'm a little more curious, or I want to try something different, we have two great options for you. We have a class called Discover and one called Starting Point. Both are four weeks. Both, again, you can be as involved or as little involved as you want to be. But there's no pressure on that. And finally, if you are interested about this book, God Am I Everything?, we are having a three-week conversation all about this in June. And if you're interested in any of these things, you can just scan the QR code or go to woodstockcity.org. Well, we're going to wrap this up now. And I just want to thank you for listening to me talk about monks and monasteries and rules of life and fruit, right? But I think the most important thing that I would love you to know is that no matter where you are, no matter what kind of fruit you're producing. There's always a next step you can take in your relationship with God. There is always a step forward. Jesus kind of says it best when he says it like this. He said, you want to know God? You know, we talked about that earlier. You want to know God? Then follow me. That's his invitation. Just follow me and learn how to have a relationship with God and learn how to become more like him. And the thing is, if we do follow him and as we follow him, what Jesus promises us is a fruitful life, a fruit-filled life, a life that is overflowing in love and goodness and kindness. Maybe it's a life where you experience a healthier pace of life, healthier relationships, a deep and abiding sense of meaning and purpose. I mean, I could go on and on, but you get the idea. Life with God, growing in your relationship, becoming more like Christ, guarantees us a harvest that's gonna be beautiful, fragrant, and delicious, full of that kind of fruit. Hey, I'd like to close by sharing a blessing with you. It's actually written by a monk. You may have heard of him. His name is St. Patrick. Kind of has a holiday named after him. Yeah, this blessing, I love it because it helps to remind us that the rule, this, this habit, the, the structure we set up in place, that's not the goal. Now, a rule, a support structure, is designed for just that to support us as we pursue what the real goal is. That is to follow Jesus. And as we do, to increasingly experience and enjoy our relationship with God more and more day by day. Here's what the blessing says. May the strength of God pilot you. May the wisdom of God uphold you. And may the power of the Holy Spirit sustain you. May Christ be on your right and on your left. May he be in front of you and behind you. May Christ be under you and above you and within you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Hey, thanks for tuning in and have a great summer.